Hey, what's going on, NBA fans? This is Kevin Haswell coming at you with Blake Pace. Uh, we have a guest today, Michael Stearman. Uh, excited to have him on the show. He's a NBA staff writer for Pure Sports Network, also a staff writer here at The Breeze. Uh, you know, Blake, how you doing? Not bad. Uh, getting back in the swing of things with school. Enjoying the nice day off today for MLK Day. So there's uh, a couple good basketball games on, too, I'll have to catch. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. What about you, Michael? Good, just trying to wrap my head around basketball instead of the NFL playoffs for a brief segment, but yeah. Yeah, it seems like last night after that Vikings game, everyone wanted to just talk NFL, and you know, yeah. we figured we'd sit down and talk NBA, because that's what we do on Mondays, so let's get into it. Uh, we'll start with uh, top five shooting guards. Last week, we did the top five point guards. Blake, who are your top five shooting guards in the NBA? Yeah, so my fifth one was tough to decide between. I actually, I ended up going with Devin Booker at number five. Um you know, averaging this year under 25 points a game, four rebounds, four assists, but he's shooting 44% from the field and almost uh, 40% from three. You know, PR of 18.8. You know, the when going into the rest of these guys, the problem with Devin Booker is that he doesn't have that other guy with him. Mm-hmm. Um, all these other guys I'm going to talk about have a stud lineup with them, and uh, right now the Suns are one of the worst teams in the NBA. So I think he's another, you know, good big man or a nice point guard to play off of away from being, you know, a dominant force but- in the league. So you're not penalizing him for getting more production because he's on a team with no. No, you, no. you know, you know yeah, because he gets a lot more of the team shots. Yeah, I it's mean, the whole Victor Oladipo argument. Yeah, if you put Oladipo back on the Thunder, he was he was garbage with the Thunder last year. But now that he's on a team with it, we don't have a ton of good scores. I mean, you look at him now, and he's, he's much different player. But okay, yeah. continue. Um. So yeah, uh, at number four, I have Bradley Beal. Um. Having a an, another good year, um, PR of twenty point shooting forty five percent from the field, thirty six percent from three, down a little from his career average. Um, you know he's one of those guys. Also another young star gets to play alongside John Wall. That's one of my favorite combinations in the NBA. Um, and yeah, they're one of the best teams in the East. Um, you know, unfortunately, this season they've been playing down to their opponents, kind of seems like. You know, they, they get some close games against the bad teams, but when they play one of the better teams, you know, they give them good contests and win. Um, but, yeah, I'd have to say Bradley Beal's at number four for me. And then at three, I've got DeMar DeRozan, um, who's having, you know, an amazing year, uh, tw- uh, over 25 points a game. Struggling a little from the three, but, uh, you know, compared to seasons before, it's up there. Um, you know, he's shooting 36% after averaging under 30 in his career. Um, PR of 24.1, he's been, you know, the leader for this, uh, Raptors team, um, you know, who's also picked up some big wins the past few weeks, um, beat the Cavs pretty bad. Lost to the Sixers today. Oh yeah, they did lose to the Sixers today. Gotta always throw in, uh, Kevin's Philly, Philly plug of the week. Um, so we'll ignore that. (laughs) Trust the process. Trust the process. Uh, number two, I got Clay Thompson, arguably, you know, one of the best two-way guards in the league, um. Shooting 45% from three this year. Effective field goal percentage of almost 59. Um, 20.6 points a game. You know, the offense, the the scoring numbers will always be, you know, limited down when you're on a team with, you know, elite scores throughout. But, I mean, to still get 20 points per game and shoot that great from the field. And he's also one of the best defenders um, at the guard position. And then number one for me um, is Jimmy Butler. And I didn't come to this realization until... Today, when I, we we got talking about this as a as a topic for the show, but Jimmy Butler has been such a great catalyst for this Timberwolves team that is soaring right now. I think you know they're one of the hottest teams in the league, and um, he's a big benefactor for that. He's great defensively, amazing on defense. Um, Twenty one points a game, five rebounds, five assists, uh, shooting forty seven percent from the field, a PR of twenty three point five. 
Um, I really like what the the Bulls have go or the Timberwolves not on the Bulls anymore. What the Timberwolves have going on right now and. Uh, Jimmy Buckets is uh, doing some work for them. Yeah, you know, he struggled a little bit early on in the season. Same with the Timberwolves. I think it took some time for the team to mesh a little bit. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, you see the, all the talent coming together under Thibodeau's, you know, defensive-minded, uh, you know, I don't know how to say it. Defensive scheme. mindset? Scheme. Scheme. scheme, yeah, defensive scheme. I mean, this Timberwolves team is dangerous. I know we'll talk about it later. But let's jump over to Michael. Let, let me hear your top five shooting sure. guards in the NBA. <clears throat> so, at number five, I have my guy, Victor Oladipo. Um you know, you pointed out that argument, uh, like, it's hard to tell, like, how much of his development came over the offseason. Because mm-hmm. when you're playing with a guy like Russell Westbrook, it's hard to... He was he was more of a spot-up shooter last year. Exactly. This year, he's, exactly. he's able to hand the ball. Hand yeah, the ball. but, I mean, I also just have a soft spot because, you know, the Timberwolves, not the Timberwolves, the, uh, the Pacers were probably, like, one of those teams that were probably going to be in the lottery this year. And it's uh, really nice to see a team, especially a team run by Larry Bird who's just always values winning, and a guy like Victor Oladipo, who can, he's carrying the load offensively. I mean, his numbers this year have been, like, unbelievable. He's second in the NBA in um, shooting guards, real plus minus. Um, his three-point percentage went up from 36 to 40%, which is just allows so many different things for him offensively. He's always been an amazing slasher, Definitely. just an amazing offensive player. He can get mm-hmm. his own shot, but now the fact that he has that three-point shot, it just allows the rest of his game to sort of develop from there. So I have Victor Oladipo at number five. I just, I've also, um, hot take. Yeah. I'm from Northern Virginia. So I like went to the math. So yeah, I always, yeah, I'm I, from Northern Virginia. Yeah. That's awesome. A little soft spot. Um, so at number four, I have my guy, Bradley Beal. I actually had him at number three, but I thought just the tenure of Jimmy Butler, uh, I had to put him at number three, but I really do love Bradley Beal out of all these shooting guards. He's the youngest of the crew. Um, overall, I think his offensive game is the most rounded. I think he has, he's the best three point shooter. He mm-hmm. can develop his own shot. He um, <clears throat> doesn't bring as much defensively as some of these other no, guys. No, he doesn't, yeah. But he is a, he is a great athlete. You know? Yeah, yeah, if, yeah, definitely, if definitely. If he really puts his mind to it, he can mm-hmm. make great defensive plays. Yeah. But I love his footwork. His footwork is second to none besides Clay Thompson. When he comes off a screen with that inside foot, it's just so pretty every time. He has this amazing ability to, I don't know what it is, but his separation that he develops is like better than anyone in the league. I follow this sports account on Instagram called P3 Sports Science, mm-hmm. and it just like uh, looks at the different like, uh, kinetics of like exercise and like yeah. all the pressure points and stuff and like when he jumps laterally he's in like the 99th percentile of any hey, I mean however you can get the separation exactly yeah it's and that's really... and that's such a key with everyone mm-hmm. gotten so much length in the NBA nowadays I mean you gotta find all the separation you can especially with you know be able with a great jump shot yeah I still think sometimes he tends to over dribble but I yeah. think yeah. that's something he's only 24 you know he's still not even hit his prime yet but he's averaging career numbers he's gonna be first time all-star it's easy to see why at number three, this is really tough just because I love Jimmy Butler. I loved him when he was on the Bulls. I love just the fact that coming out of Marquette, 30th overall pick, and just yeah. players that develop and get better every single year, not those guys that you think are going to come in the league be stars. Yeah. Those are the type of players that mm-hmm. people just tend to gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. So I love Jimmy Butler. Um, he is the best rebounder and I think the best defensive player out of all the guys we have up here. Uh, Clay Thompson? Clay Thompson, he's a, yeah. You think he's a better defender than Clay Thompson? I, I, I do think so, yeah. I think he's a better – because you think about Jimmy Butler, you could also think of him – it's hard to decipher whether he's a shooting guard or a small forward. I mean, because this is our really... They, they, they guard different positions, too. Exactly. I think Butler can, can guard the bigger guy, like, exactly. like a LeBron-type yeah. size guy, yeah. whereas Clay might be able to guard a point guard or a shooting guard mm-hmm. more quicker. Um, but yeah, definitely different type of defenders, but I could see your argument there. Yeah, and Butler has you know an extra inch, extra 25 pounds also, yeah. so that just helps guarding those you know threes and maybe small ball fours. Definitely. Um, but yeah, like we were talking about the Timberwolves. I saw a statistic like... Uh, end of the season, he was fifth on the team in their usage rate. Uh, high guys like Jeff Teague and Jamal Crawford. And so far, this, right now, he's leading the team in usage rate. So I think it wasn't really a slow start for him. It was more of like, uh, 
a, like he had to be wise and figure out what his spot would be because you know yeah. like he didn't need to provide all the offense on this team because there's so many good offensive players. What I want from him and what I've seen is to sort of mentor um, Andrew Wiggins and how to be a good defender because Andrew Wiggins is a pretty bad That'd be perimeter yeah. defender, that but he has all the tools him. to be a great perimeter yeah, yeah. defender. So I just love what he's doing leading the team. I think yeah. his intangibles are what sets him apart. And I mean, his numbers are a little bit down from what they normally are, but you know, the team is winning. This yeah, is probably the best team he's been on, and he's leading that team. Um, so at number two, I have DeMar DeRozan. So this is really tough because statistically he's having a way better season than um, Clay Thompson. You know, he's averaging 25 points per game, 24 PER, 6.2 win shares, you know, more points. But I just, I think that, he is the best mid-range shooter probably in the league, but the mid-range is also one of the most efficient, inefficient shots yeah, in the league. Definitely. So um, I, I think his, uh, his slashing is what really puts him up there as a premier shooting guard. He's got the most averages, the most points uh, in the paint and free throws among players from his position. So that's an element that he brings, you know. And he's just the best athlete out of the crew. Like, you could talk about how athleticism, it doesn't necessarily correlate to how great a player will be, but there's just those plays that come out of nowhere, like, Perfect example, the LeBron block. Like, you can't teach that. That's just exactly. all based on athleticism. Yeah. And especially just energy plays. Like, a DeMar DeRozan dunk will light up the entire arena. Mm-hmm. Like, that's super important. The yeah. thing with me about DeMar DeRozan is he needs to develop a three-point shot. Yeah. yeah. If he could develop a three-point shot, he'd be one of the best players in the NBA. But he just doesn't have that. Somehow, last year, he averaged over 27 points a game, uh, even without a three-point shot. If he if he was able to develop that, he could take this Raptors team to a whole other level. Yeah. I mean, his best season was in 2015-16, and he only averaged 33% from three. That's his best. He's had one season at 30, and beyond that, it's all below. Yeah, so, I mean, he's always had that trouble. You can kind of defend him because you, you can slack off a little bit if he's on the line. You can defend that mid-range shot like you were talking about. So and you know we're halfway through the season. This is his best year so far. I mean he's off to yeah. a better start. You know at thirty six this year, but I mean you haven't seen it in the past. So yep. hopefully it's something. Also when it comes to the playoffs, that lack of a three point shot becomes even more exploited because yeah. that's when defenses like really exactly. start scheming to specific players. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again he has a lot to prove in the playoffs because everyone knows the Raptors have, you know, not lived up to their potential mm-hmm, in the definitely. playoffs. Um, and lastly, I have Clay Thompson. Um, you know, I said he's the best two-way shooting guard in the league, but again, that could be up for debate with him and Jimmy Butler. He's shooting 89% from the free throw line and 45% from three, which is just like, uh, he's always a great shooter, but those are just unheard of numbers. It's not just the way he's the most efficient scorer, I think, on this list. It's just the way he moves is the most efficient. You know what I mean? Like, he takes the minimal number of steps to every spot. He gets to his spot, like, in the shortest path possible. And, like, when he does, it's just that... I just love that release so much. It's just, just, he's one of the most unguardable players in the league. And the reason I had him over DeMar DeRozan is because both of them are masters of their craft. Clay Thompson, the three-pointer, DeMar DeRozan, the mid-range. Mm-hmm. But just what's more valuable in today's NBA? It yeah. just comes down to the three-point shot. And last point, there's no one I fear more when they're hot than Clay Thompson. So, it, like, maybe like maybe even more than Out Steph of shooting Curry. guards? Or the whole league? Just think about it, man. Like, what do you put, 37 and a quarter? Out of the whole league, yeah. 37 and a quarter. I mean, uh, he had, like, what, 60 points on 11 dribbles? I don't even know how that's, like, mathematically possible. It's, <laughs> like, crazy. insane. And another thing. Like, He's got one of the quickest releases in the NBA, yeah. too. I mean, you he needs, like, zero time to shoot the ball. It's insane. On the Warriors, like, they have three great shooters, but they also have three players with the fastest releases. Yeah. Me. Like, that's another point. And just, I just remember Clay Thompson, game six of, I forget what Western Conference. It was against the Thunder. Um when they were down 3-1, the Warriors were 2016, and he had, like, 11 threes. Yeah. That's just when you know, like, you can be a great player, but can you be like a great big-time player? And, like, that pl- that game alone was one of, like, he had the most threes in postseason history. Like, who else could – no one else on that list could do that. He, he, like, he can just do things that no one else can. So, yeah, Clay Thompson, that's my guy. That's my top five. 
So I'm going to go with a little hot take um, with my number five. I'm going to go with Chris Middleton. I'm a big fan of him. I think this – I think his, 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 yeah, yeah. his three-point shooting uh, has been pretty good. He's, he's up there in steals this year. He, he's playing pretty well. I got to go with him. Um, there were some other candidates. CJ McCollum, who's definitely in the conversation. We never mentioned him. Uh, let's see. Uh, obviously, Lou Williams scored 50 points the other night. He's averaging – uh, 23 points a game this he year. He, yeah, he could be in the conversation for this top five. Um, you know, you get on the list, Andrew Wiggins, I mean, doesn't bring as much defensively. I know you mentioned Oladipo. He didn't. Um, he, you know, in the conversation as well. But I like Middleton, number five. Number four, I'm going to go with uh, Bradley Beal. I just think, you know, what he's done with this Wizards team without John Wall so far. I mean, John Wall has only played, what, 10 games this year? Been an and, and outside of that, I mean, Brad Beal has been amazing. Um, I got to put DeMar DeRozan at three. I really, it was hard for me to, to go uh, DeMar over Brad just simply off the fact that Bradley Beal can shoot the three. And like you said, in the playoffs, um, the three-point shot's so crucial. And I think Bradley Beal's probably a better playoff uh, performer than DeMar DeRozan. Uh, then at number two, I go Jimmy Butler. I just like the three and D guys. Yeah. Um, that's why I have Jimmy Butler and then Clay Thompson. I think those guys uh, do so much on both ends of the floor that they got to be the top two. And I, I'm going to go with Clay at number one. Just, you know, he's got the NBA titles. Um, he, he, like you said, he's one of the best shooters in the clutch. Um, and, and he can put up, he can put up 30 in a minute. So, uh, that's Literally my top five. <laughs> yeah. We, we had all had different, we all had the same top four, I believe. Yeah. Um, and, and then we, we all had Beal at four. So yeah. And we all had different, uh, number five. five so, yeah. Um, I just wanted to pick someone a little different, maybe advocate for Chris Middleton. I don't know if I exactly believe he's no. top five, but yeah. he's in the conversation. Um, but the, va- the value he brings to that Bucks team, definitely. I think it's just worth Especially with the lack of shooting they have on that yeah, team, without with Giannis not being able to hit a shot outside the lane. So, um, Yeah, we'll move on to our next topic. Uh, Isaiah Thomas has struggled a little bit since he came back, but Blake was talking to me about it the other day. You know, what kind of, Blake, what kind of difference do you think he can make for the Cavs going into that Warriors finals, if they can get to the finals this year. Yeah. So I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I, I watched this, you know, two minute long video of Isaiah Thomas really having a great amount of success in his games against Golden State, whether it be when he was, you know, in Sacramento and it was just one game in the regular season where he went off or in Phoenix or um, even with Boston last year, he had a, he had one good game. Another one wasn't so great, but um, you know, it's interesting because he's been struggling a little since he's, you know, been... Struggling would be an understatement. His player efficiency rating is 6.8. League average is 15. Yeah, and, you know, 26 from three, 63% from the free throw line. His his offensive box plus minus is negative 4.7. His defensive box plus minus is negative 7, both worst of his career. I mean, we're only talking about four games here. Um, His usage rate is up, and he's shooting worse, so... yeah. Um, it's not good it's not good so far and that's the thing that like is unfortunate that Isaiah Thomas took until January to get back into basketball because (coughs) you had so many new teams you've had so many teams revamping their rosters this past year and so like you know teams like the Timberwolves and the Thunder they're hitting their stride now because Mm -hmm. they've had a couple months to get there the Cavs right now are just getting Isaiah Thomas back their second best player you know maybe third behind Kevin Love whatever you want to determine there but you know they are just getting back into this. We got to, you know, bring in this, you know, 25 point per game scorer and try and figure out his role in this offense. Um, 
I mean, it's different when you're adjusting to just one, you know, role player, yeah. uh, adjusting the minutes there. But when you have to bring someone in that plays over 30 minutes a game um, and, and is really one of the best scorers in the NBA, I mean, it's tough. Yeah, and, you know, tonight will be a really good showcase of that. They do play um, this no, evening. He's not playing tonight. He's not playing tonight? He's unlikely to play, yeah. Jeez. Well, I, I guess that takes bad. off. The Cavs might be better off say. the way he's playing right now without him. That's a good yeah, too. I thought he was going to play tonight. Man, they're really taking his time with that. Well, you know... Either way, I think that one thing between Isaiah Thomas and Kyrie Irving, you know, they're both not great defensively. Um, Kyrie Irving has improved that uh, under Brad Stevens. Um, and, Definitely, you know, there's a little. There, you can see there's more effort on the defensive end from Kyrie exactly. this year too. And so, uh, you know, it's it's inter- interesting to see how Isaiah Thomas is going to be able to play off ball, off you know, not as the point guard. Like that was the thing with Kyrie Irving is that he wasn't truly the point guard at all times because you had LeBron James bringing up the ball most of the time and using Kyrie as an off-the-ball uh, off scorer, Isaiah Thomas is going to have to figure himself into that role. And, I, you know, that's going to be a really tough transition for um, the Cavs, especially when you expect them to make it out of the East and against Golden State. You know, it's going to be tough since he's coming along so late into the season, going into the postseason. You know, how is he going to be able to not only adjust to this whole new system, into this new offense, but, you know, you're going to be in the finals most likely against the Golden State Warriors, and how are you going to to utilize him in that lineup? You know, against greats, you know, like great guards like Clay and uh, Steph Curry. Yeah, and you know, I, I think it's going to take a while, especially because you know the Cavs don't have the the coach like Brad Stevens or Greg Popovich. They don't have that that great mind that would know how to utilize him back in the put him back in the lineup seamlessly. seamlessly. Um, so I think it's going to take a while for Isaiah Thomas to really make a difference for this Cavs team. Um, and, and, you know, he's not going to bring it. He's probably going to make them a worse defensive team when it comes down to it in the playoffs. Uh, might, 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 might give LeBron another shooter offensively. But, Michael, what do you think? I mean, <clears throat> I, it, it was pretty obvious that it was going to take at least a couple games to shake the rust off, especially when he's coming back from, what was it, it was like a hip injury? Yeah. Those, especially a guy that throws his body around like that yeah. is like, you really got to make sure it's completely healed. I mean, I... I'm fairly confident by the time the playoffs roll around. I mean, this is like the Cavs. They do this every year. They'll be, they'll have those team sort of situations, and Isaiah Thomas will fit in. What he's going to bring, though, I think he opens up. He takes a lot of the playmaking duty uh, off LeBron. Um, I think LeBron is somewhere in the top five, maybe even first in um, minutes played, which I just find ridiculous. But uh, he definitely takes some playmaking duty off that. I think the pick-and-roll options that he can even run with LeBron and run with Kevin Love are very intriguing. Um and I think it's interesting because you're right. They will be a worse defensive team. But the thing with Kyrie Irving is when he really put forth effort, he was a good defender. Just how often would that happen? With Isaiah yeah. Thomas, it's almost the opposite. He tries on defense. He tries. It's just he's the just, fact that he's 5'8". He can't defend, you know? Yeah. So they're going to get worse defensively. I think he'll probably be able to, if he gets back to the player he was, you know, provide probably like 80% of Kyrie Irving's playmaking. Because I Kyrie Irving's like, he is a better offensive overall player just because he's, he's just he's taller. I think he's a better finisher around the rim. Um, it's close, but especially in the playoffs, like if you're five eight, I just especially in the NBA Finals, I don't know. Like no matter how good you are, like can you compete with just those people that are so yeah. big? Like he done it in the regular season; he averaged like twenty eight points a game last year. But playing in the finals, like that's just like a completely different thing. Like they are gonna attack him every single play, exactly every single play. Like they're gonna have to pull him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. And also, I mean, you're talking about the playoffs. In the last three seasons, Isaiah Thomas has played in the playoffs, and all three seasons a negative defensive box plus minus. Mm-hmm. So yeah. really not bringing on the defensive end when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, so the question I like, 
I think is interesting. Are are the Cavs worse this year than they were last season? You know, they got rid of Kyrie. They brought back in return Isaiah Thomas, who's just getting back into the swing of things, and they Jay also got Jay Crowder, mm-hmm. um, Ante Zizic, which I don't know how many how well he's been doing this he year. If he gets he any minutes, he hasn't, he hasn't won. What do you think? I I mean. When you lose a player like Kyrie Irving, it's very easy to say that they automatically just got worse. I mean, as of right now, they're worse just because Isaiah Thomas isn't the player that they thought they would be getting. Isaiah Thomas can become that player. But having a two-way player like Jay Crowder is a very underrated pickup. You know, like Pete, he was valuable on the Celtics because they would always throw him on LeBron, but LeBron would just do LeBron things. You know, Jay Crowder is a solid enough defensive player that he can alleviate some of those defensive pressures off LeBron, which in his age is even becoming even more and more glaring. Like you saw in the finals last year, there were situations where like LeBron had to guard Kevin or Kevin Durant, and he just was fatigued. Which that was, that was going to be exactly my point. Yeah. I mean, he, he allows LeBron to get rest on defense, uh, unlike last year. I mean, like you said, when they play, for instance, they play the Warriors. They always had to have LeBron on on Durant, but yeah. now. You know they can put it. They have another good wing defender that they can put on the other team's best wing player. So, I I, I don't know how much the the trade really addressed real teams' needs, which is like a rim protector. Yeah. Their defense is terrible. Like their defense yeah. is only going to get worse. If you can play the Warriors, you need to have at least like an average defense. Like if you can have the best offense of the world, but if your defense is terrible or even below average, like they will eat you. And they're apart. one of the worst defenses in the NBA. Yeah. So no, I saw some statistic like no team has made the finals or won the finals like with um, a defensive rating below halfway through the league average and I think yeah. they're like 28th in the league yeah. what do you think of what do you think of them sh- uh, shipping off the Brooklyn Nets trade to get DeAndre Jordan I I wouldn't like it because I think LeBron's leaving and then if you just stuck with DeAndre Jordan we I talked about this last 200 million dollar contract for Isaiah Thomas the, what are you gonna do with that team DeAndre Jordan I think would be really good on I think team. he'd really help them this year this year, yeah, hundred percent. Like, but especially defensively. If you're going, I mean, do you want to? Do you think that's what puts would that put them over the top against the Warriors? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it gives them a better chance against yeah. the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's a move out there that they can make that can make them, you know, surefire yeah, to beat true. the Warriors out there. I mean, unless they're trading for Durant, which yeah. unless they're trading for you know another twenty five point a game scorer um, that can play defense like a Jimmy Butler or a Paul George or. That, that would have set them apart, honestly, in the offseason if they went out and got Paul George from the Pacers. Mm-hmm. I think that, that would have set them up. Yeah, yeah. I would have set them that would have set them up. But, um, you know, they let that fall through and they ended up with a banged-up Isaiah Thomas and a garbage Jay Crowder this season. So. I, I mean, the Cavaliers' future is all hinging on whether LeBron is going to leave or not, obviously. But it's just so – I guess you can understand it, but, like, it's just kind of not unfair to the Cavaliers just to – but, like – they're either like totally screwed or like they'll be fine if LeBron stays or decides to go. Because I mean, any move they make is trying to keep LeBron. Like any assets they give away to keep LeBron, when LeBron leaves, they're just without those assets. I like, think no matter what, they have to hold on to that Brooklyn Nets pick because so yeah, yeah, you right. have to have some kind of insurance policy if LeBron leaves that yeah. you know you can rebuild the the franchise. And Isaiah Thomas, obviously, I don't think they resign him if LeBron if LeBron leaves. I mean, maybe maybe as a tribute to the fans, keep yeah. him around just to sell tickets, but. They're not winning anything with no. just Isaiah Thomas on that team, especially with all those shooters. I mean, that team is set for LeBron. You just got a yeah. ton of shooters, a good offensive rebounder with Tristan Thompson. I mean, it's literally LeBron's team. You take LeBron away from that team, it's Kyle Korver, J.R. Smith, Jay Crowder. Yeah, like, a bunch of well, yeah, pieces a bunch that of, don't fit without LeBron. Yeah, they're only yeah. good with a, with a guy that just charges toward – they're good with, like, Giannis, too. Like, a player that dry, can only score at the yeah. basket – I mean, I can't say that about LeBron this year. He's, like, top five in the NBA, yeah. three-point shooting. But, I mean, it's just perfectly fit for LeBron. But we got to move on. We're spending a lot real, of time on the Cavaliers. Quick about that Nets pick, it might not even be that great of a pick. 
Yeah, which is yeah, the interesting it, thing. It well, the be. Nets are playing a lot better. They, yeah. they made some trades trades to get you know some some expiring contracts, some guys that were overpaid, um, just so they could you know fill up their uh, cap and and. And stash some picks, so and they have nothing to tank for. Either. Exactly, you know, like they yeah. lost the pick, like they're gonna play hard. Exactly, exactly. So we'll uh, move on. Anthony Davis is our next. What we're talking about next. Uh, he had forty-eight points and seventeen rebounds. I believe it was last night. Yeah, uh, you know this. Time. I made a, a wager on the Chris Stapps. I made a wager on the Pure Store Pure Sports podcast uh, with Matt Wyrick. He thinks that the Pelicans are gonna be a top five seed by the end of the year. Um, I think that was the most garbage take I've heard in a while. <laughs> so obviously I went down that bet. But, you know, Anthony Davis having, you know, one of the best years of his career, his player efficiency rating is 29.1 this year, which is up there with the likes of LeBron, uh, Giannis, and, and, and James Harden with some of the best player efficiency ratings in the NBA. Um, we'll, we'll start with you. I mean, what what is to make of this year by Anthony Davis? Yeah, I mean – it was so interesting because when he first had it, you know, he had an amazing first two seasons of his career. Um, and then they had that season where they made it as the eighth seed into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, great series against the Warriors. I mean, not a great series, but entertaining, you know, an entertaining. Yeah. And it, it was kind of like, oh, well, the, the Pelicans are, you know, this this new team. They made it in the playoffs this year. You know, the next three years, you know, this is you know, they're going to be one of the contenders and it just hasn't gotten there yet. And, yeah. you know, it took, you know, getting DeMarcus Cousins and what was kind of a ripoff trade, you know, that's one of the first ripoff trades of all this, you know, following off season, yeah. you know, it kind of got things rolling for every all-star being traded. But I mean, it took that to just get them to a six seed right now, right now they're at the six seed um, in, in a tough Western conference. I'm not going to discredit that, but you know, I just think it's, it's so unfortunate that they've, wasted you know a decent amount of his career i mean yes he is only 24 years old like that let's not ignore that he's 24 but he also has a lot of injuries and it's it's very mm-hmm. concerning he's missed a lot of time um let's see i mean last year played 75 which was good but before that 61 games 68 66 um 64 his rookie year so you know it's it's tough for me to think what it, what to make of anthony davis's career um you know, in an organization that hasn't had much success since moving to New Orleans. And, you know, yes, they have DeMarcus Cousins. He's set to be a free agent. Like, what do you make of his future? Do you think, you know, do you think he is a Pelican or do you think he tries, you know, gets out on the trade waters and requests to go somewhere? I think it's best for him to go elsewhere. But I think at the end of the day, if the Pelicans are going to rebuild, they're going to rebuild around Anthony Davis. They're going to, you know, either trade or let DeMarcus Cousins walk in free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew Holiday, I mean, he's pretty old, too. Uh, older than you know Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis at 24 years old, the way he's playing this year, got to keep him around and build around him. So I think he's a Pel- <coughs> he's a Pelican for at least you know through the re- rest of this contract. He signed through uh, 2021, uh, signed a five year extension in 2015. Uh, he's owed 22 million this year. So uh, Pelicans got all the you know all the eggs in one basket on him. So. Uh, Michael, what do you think? I mean, <clears throat> I didn't know his contract was still 2021. I thought yeah. it was uh, ended a lot sooner, like in a couple of years. Uh, if it's still 2021, I, I don't think he's going to be a Pelican that entire time because I think yeah. that I think that franchise, just in general, is too like not incompetent, but they're not like a great franchise. Exactly. So I don't think they're going to make the right moves to build around him. And by the time that contract is getting closer and closer towards 2021, his value is just going to like on the trade market. It's just going to like affect, like all signs. Like that's really what happens with most players. Like when a, they waste a prime of a player, he either leaves or he gets traded. So you might as well get something for him. I think, I mean, again, he's having a, like a stellar year. He's average. He's, he's shooting 36% from three this year, which is like 
as good as some shoot. I think that's like what DeMar DeRozan is shooting. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, a higher than DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably more attempts. Yeah, his uh, his blocks are down, but he's still just a, a defensive menace. It's all comes down for him. Just I've always wondered like how big men like make their other teammates better mm-hmm. because it's it's hard. It's yeah. like when you're like a, like a like a LeBron type player or like a shooting guard who can like facilitate because that's the point of basketball is to make yeah, everyone exactly. else better. So it's kind of hard to think like how is he going to make the Pelicans better? Adding Boogie I think was a, a very interesting move. I don't know which one is more valuable on that team. I definitely think it's Anthony Davis. Or yeah, I mean, you I look know, but this season but I mean Anthony Davis playing really well recently but Boogie's also been having like a, a crazy good oh, year. Oh yeah. Like that, like yeah, but I think Anthony, what Anthony Davis brings defensively yeah, that's is far greater thing. than yeah. what Demarcus Cousins brings defensively. I mean, this year his defensive box plus minus is one point two, offensive is three point seven, so positive on both sides. Four point eight on the season, which is the highest of his career, and his usage rate because Demarcus Cousins is there is down five percent. So he's doing more with less this yeah. year, and it's it's crazy. I, I just I love watching the Pelican play because it's just like such a throwback to how basketball used to be. You know, mm-hmm. big bigs like Demarcus yeah. Cousins back to the basket, but then yeah. you've also got Anthony Davies. You can run a nice high low game. If they're gonna add, it seems pretty simple because they've got these two. Found, they got to keep Boogie, which is the first thing they got to keep him. You know, like if they lose him, then it's just back to square one with Anthony Davis. Yeah, and I but see my whole thing is we we talk about the show on the show all the time. If you're not able to contend. Why hold that team together? Mm-hmm. They should honestly. If I was the GM, I, I know everyone wants to play this game. If you were the GM, you'd do this. If I was the GM, I would get rid of all these guys. Uh-huh. I would trade Anthony Davis, oh, trade Demarcus Cousins, trade Demarcus Cousins, trade Drew Holiday. Get all the draft picks you can get and just rebuild. Because this is not a championship contending team. Yeah. No. no matter how you put it, no matter who you put around Demarcus Cousins, and Anthony Davis. That, that's just not a championship formula, especially with today's game of great wing players and great shooters. Two postmen or two yeah. big men aren't winning an NBA championship. So, I don't know. I would go out and get whatever you can get for them. And the problem is is that New Orleans is, you know, you've seen it's just a tough market to bring people in. You yeah. know, kind of like, you know, sometimes Indiana. It's, it's tough to get people to want to play there, even when you have one of the greatest young assets in, you know, for that's one of the futures of this organization. So, it, it's really tough. I, I think if they did want to trade Anthony Davis, you know, that's the biggest, you know, I feel like he's the biggest young guy out there that could get the biggest return, maybe besides Giannis. If you know, if Giannis yeah. can't get people to come to Milwaukee, um, I think it's just you know, if you're gonna, if you if you know that Demarcus Cousins is on his way out, I would I would entertain it with Anthony Davis and trying to see what is out there. Um, you know, there are still teams you know that would offer a lot. I mean, I, I keep seeing Boston. Boston with Anthony Davis, and I just see they how much to, they, they kept talking about Boston and Demarcus Cousins too. That's well, yeah. always that's yeah. always been well, they in the fold. They, they have the picks. They have they have Phillies pick this year, right? Yeah, they have Phillies pick, which I mean is, is so they have the, Lakers, they have the, the Lakers, Lakers pick. pick. If yeah, it's not, it, it's, it was Phil. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was originally the Lakers pick, but the the Sixers traded it for Markel. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah. so they still have a, you know a top pick. They have young guys. If you know. You, if you don't think you need both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, send one of them. Send you know Al Horford over there. You know the the Celtics. They have a plethora of, of yeah, a, wing, a ton of young guys, a bunch of, of wing guys that and are good. What doesn't New Orleans have? They have zero wing talent, like zero. I mm-hmm. hate everyone who was on like any small. Etwan Moore, you're Dante, not a fan of Etwan Moore. Etwan Moore, Moore Solomon Bob, Hill. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. That's like that's my biggest problem with. Um, with New Orleans is that they haven't got any wing players there. I mean, Buddy Heald, you know, you had to trade him away to get to Marcus Cousins, but he was probably... I liked, I liked Buddy Heald. I Hill. liked Buddy Heald, but he, you know, 
he, they didn't really give him much time there to see if they could have a well, you know, successful I mean, pairing. If you could have, if you can have Buddy Heald or DeMarcus yeah, Cousins, exactly. I think you're going to go out and get DeMarcus Cousins. And, they, you know, the one thing they have done, whether they can contend or not, they, they've built up a bunch of value in their franchise with having DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis. They can, you know, if, if shit hits the fan, they can always go out and trade these guys yeah. and get oh, something for them. Well, so, DeMarcus Cousins, that's going to have that yeah. has to happen like within the next month. Yeah, like, exactly. They're going to trade him. Really yeah, and they need to. I mean, he's hitting free agency, I believe, yeah, after yeah. this season. So, I mean. I don't think you're, I mean, there's something to be said just for making the playoffs. And, I mean, look at that, dude. You, like, if they played the Thunder. Oh, you the, sound like Matt Wyrick. I mean, I, I, I just, it's not, I understand. If you're making the playoff, I mean, you, no one no one shoots to w- make the playoffs. You shoot to win championships. And this team's never going to win a championship. But, that's, but yeah, you, you obviously want to win the championship. But also, you got to think about it, It's a business and an organization. Like, they want to sell tickets. They want to. If you, if the goal was to win the championship every year, if you weren't a championship team, every team would tank. Like, 20 teams would Yeah, but you're not going to sell tickets if you do this for four years and they get to the first exactly, round of the playoffs exactly, every exactly. year. But so. you think about it. I mean, if they played the Thunder, like, couldn't you see them beating the Thunder? In a first round matchup, no, like no way. I don't think they have the clutch shooting. Oh, they wouldn't. Be, I think the Thunder. They wouldn't have, be playing Thunder. They play the Spurs. Okay, but I'm saying the Thunder have you know the d- defenders down low. I think Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams can play, Adam. can, can play with them. Patrick Patterson's a good defender, uh, power forward. I mean, they got some yeah. guys those down there. I think it comes down to the offense. I think it comes down to the offense. You think Drew Holiday's going to lock up Russell Westbrook? You, you no, think, way, no way, no way. They, they don't have they don't have a wing defender to guard Paul George. Like that's just such a mismatch. Melo will throw up fifty a game. He'll throw up fifty shots and yeah, maybe fifty shots a that they would, but I mean, they would play the Spurs, and if they played the Spurs, then I could actually, I would see that as more of a feasible. Idea. Yeah, but the yeah, the thing with they, the Spurs is they have a lot of depth compared to the Pelicans. I mean, I feel yeah, like but when you get out of the when you get out of the Pelicans starting five, they they struggle. I mean, yeah, it would have to be like a superhuman effort from exactly, the cousins and Anthony Kawhi Davis. would have to be hurt. Yeah, yeah Kawhi would have to be hurt. But you also think about think about the bigs for. Uh, for San Antonio, like Paul Gasol, uh, DeMarcus Aldridge, these guys are old and they're super slow. Like, yeah. they, they would not be able to. I could see both of these guys on the Pelicans averaging like 25 and 10 in a playoff series against the Spurs. Yeah, and, and that's great. But I think at the end of the day, Pop would have some yeah. scheme to slow down these guys at least a little bit and not let anyone else score. And, you know, DeMarcus 2 versus 5 is not going to win you a game. So. Um, would, that think, would be an interesting. I would like. To it would be a great round. playoff. Six yeah, yeah, Spurs yeah. versus. Yeah. I think that's the only. I, I think the. So you're saying they get a six or seven seed? Well, right now they're in the six seed, and I think the Spurs are probably gonna. So you think they stay at six? Who the Pelicans? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because the seven seed is the, the Trailblazers. That bet that and you I, made I, don't, I don't really. I don't. I don't see them getting don't anywhere. See, the Trailblazers. I don't. I don't, I don't see them moving anywhere past six. I think yeah, the Thunder exactly. will end with a better record. I think the Timberwolves will end up with a better record. But I think six is where the rules should be. And uh, what was like? What was their record last year? They were near the bottom of the league, right? I mean, uh, yeah. the improvement they've made this year. Like they're not going to win the championship, but they made a big step. Like yeah. they they figured out like last year when Demarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis playing together, they weren't playing well together. They have sort of meshed a little bit. Yeah. Maybe too little, too late because Demarcus Cousins is probably going to leave. Yeah, um, they finished twenty second in the NBA. By wins last year with a final record of thirty five and forty seven. I mean, and their I mean, attendance, their attendance, which was your whole argument, it's a business. Their attendance, their attendance, attendance year? last year was twenty fourth in the NBA, so they're not even pulling fans to the game. That's this year, year, four spots worse. No, twenty eighth in the NBA in attendance. So <laughs> I guess we got to trade everyone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, trade everyone. We'll have to move on. I, uh, we're spending a lot of time on topics today. I mean. Great, but it's better to have assets though mm-hmm. than to waste a great player. Like that's what the Celtics did. Such that's why they were so good. They just collected assets over time instead of dwelling on the the prime of like their stars, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. Granted, those guys were a lot older. 
Panthers are the toughest thing. The writing on the wall. But yeah, we got to move on. Yeah, definitely. Um, so our last topic, we're going to talk some through some some trade candidates um, at the end of the show. But before, we'll talk about the Timberwolves. Um, they're currently 29 and 16, fourth in the Western Conference. Uh, Tom Thibodeau definitely, you know, he's got the team there and the scheme. Uh, it's whether they can win the playoffs this year. I mean, they got more of a younger team. Uh, Blake, what, what are your thoughts on the Timberwolves? Yeah, I mean, like I was talking about with Jimmy Butler, you know, I think that he was the catalyst for this team, and they are hot right now. I mean, they are just rolling through teams. Um, defensively, it's still a little slow, 19th in defensive rating, um, but offensive is fourth. You know, you have so many offensive weapons there, and especially on the bench, too. Um, the only thing that, that worries me about them is they're still playing to this, you know, like Tom Thibodeau, like with your offense, you know, he's kind of one of those older guys. It's more of a slower uh, run offense. Yeah. And in today's league, you know, when you get to the playoffs, it's all about pace and how many shots you can throw up and stuff like that. And, you know, their their pace this year is 24th in the league. So that's it's not great um, by any means. Um, the only thing that I would say plays into their benefit is, you know, being great defensively. Um, and if they can get there, they've slowly been improving over the season defensive rating. If they can get there, you know, I think that, you know, could they, I think they should last as a, you know, a four, a top four seed in the West. Um, I think, you know, depending on how long Kawhi is out, maybe they could slip to that third seed. Um, you know, and I think it's really, um, only half came back. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's easy to get there. Um, and it, it's it's just so interesting when you think about how young these guys are. Yeah. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Jimmy Butler still isn't old by any means. Um, I think they have a lot of young assets that, uh, you know, could, you know, surprise some teams in the playoffs. And, you know, maybe they're, they're one lucky series away from being in the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at their roster and, and, you know, they're playing so well right now. I, I was thinking most of the team was was doing the same, but really when you look at the player efficiency rating of the individual players, Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler, both with a player efficiency rating over 23 this year, which is amazing. But then after that, Taj Gibson, 15.9, Gorgie Jang, 15.7, Jeff Teague, 15.3. So these guys are barely playing, you know, above league average uh, efficiency-wise. And I think, you know, I mean, even Jamal Crawford, 14.2, below league average. I think if these guys come around... We haven't even seen the best Timberwolves team that they could be yet. I mean, they could be better than what they're showing right now. I mean, I I, th- I think uh, <clears throat> the be- like the Timberwolves' strength is just their starting five. I think past that, they don't have a lot. I think the bench is actually pretty overrated. They're like, let me bring it up right here. They're twenty sixth in the league, twenty seventh in the league in bench points per game. Yeah, I mean, there's not much coming off that bench. I don't know if Jamal Crawford's starting or coming off the bench. He's coming off the bench. And but he's not, he's not playing well off the bench. I mean, no. below league average player efficiency rating, a negative 3.8 defensive box plus minus. I mean, he's been a liability. I was watching the, them play. Who they, who they played the other night? Uh, they played the Thunder, didn't they? Yeah, I was watching Jamal Crawford, and he, I, I couldn't even tell it was him at first. This guy is like, he was so great at once, but he's just too old now. I don't really. See I mean, we've been saying he's gonna. He's been old for a while, and he's put up good numbers coming into this year. I mean, this year he hasn't been as yeah. great. Another disappointment has been Andrew Wiggins. I mean, yeah, uh, his player efficiency rating. I know I always go to that, but thirteen point four, which is below league average, out of a guy that averaged over twenty two points a game last year. I mean, they need more out of him. And you know, coming out of the draft, everyone was saying 
he had the ability to be a great defender, a great two-way player, and he really hasn't showed that. He's been like an awful defender. Yeah, yeah. one of the awful. worst on the team, um, you know, aside from those guys that don't get many minutes at all. So he's been very bad defensively. And that was kind of what you were talking about earlier. Can he mentor, can Jimmy Butler yeah. mentor him into that into that defensive mindset? And, you know, him and Tom Thibodeau, you know, he should be in a position where he learns this, you know, how to play defense at a much higher level. And, you know, maybe it's only been half a season. We just haven't seen it yet, but um, it still doesn't look great. I, You know, when I look at the West, I, you know, I don't think, it, you know, you can beat the, the Warriors or the Rockets. But if, if the Spurs don't have... Um, if the Spurs don't have Kawhi Leonard, I think that, you know, I might like the Timberwolves over them. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, if you take the Thunder, um, you put Jimmy Butler on Paul George, you, you know, the offense the offense from Carl Anthony Towns is going to be a little limited against Steven Adams. And, you know, Russell Westbrook is, you know, I don't think that, um, that Jeff Teague will do great defensively against him, but I think that'd be a really interesting series. And I, you know, I kind of like I know it's not great off the bench, but they have some guys that I do like. You know, Shabazz Muhammad, I think, is a great scorer off the bench. Uh, potential. They're all not playing well exactly. this year, but they have the potential to come off the bench um, and play much better than the numbers are indicating. Um, the, <clears throat> yeah, you made the point about the defense have been slowly improving. They were, I think, like one of the worst for the first couple months of the season, like yeah. bottom five in points per game. In January, they're actually top five in uh, defensive rating. So it's slowly improving. You know, they are getting better. I think you're right. I think Jimmy Butler is starting to mentor Andrew Wiggins again. Um, I mean, how old is Andrew Wiggins? Probably like 22. 22, 23, exactly. They, uh, I think what their big, what will be their downfall is the, their rim protection. You know, Carl Anthony Towns is a big guy, but he's not a good rim protector. Yeah, but, only averaging 1.45 blocks, you know, coming out of college. Everyone yeah, thought he was going to be this great And the Timberwolves, uh, their um, Field goal percentage at the rim or the restricted area is sixty six point seven percent. That's the second worst in the league. So I don't. I'm glad that they're really starting to win because I, I. This was going to be a big season for Carl Anthony Towns' development. I didn't want to see him or Wiggins be those guys that put up great stats on like bad teams because you see that all the time. You mm-hmm. kind of seeing it with happening what was happening with Anthony Davis. Yeah. But I really do like their development. And again, like you said, Tom Thibodeau, he likes that slowdown style. When you've got guys that are this athletic, like that core four, like Towns, like a big man like Towns that can yeah. run like him, like you need to be running. Get him like moving. Every play. Get yeah. him moving. You need to go. Yeah. They do need to pick up a pace. Yeah, that was a really good point. But I, I, I like their development. They're really starting to hit their stride. I just think they got to maybe make some moves at the trade deadline to show off their bench. Because like you said, like those players, there's a lot of potential like Shabazz Napier. Not Shabazz Napier. Shabazz Muhammad. Jamal Crawford. I mean, Jamal Crawford, I'm looking at his shooters percentages. From 2013 to 2014, he hasn't shot better than 41% this season. Like, he makes those super hot shots, but generally, he's also a guy that people, like, just love, so he always gets... He's got the great handles. Yeah, you know... Some of the best handles in the NBA, especially at his age. So, it's... But, yeah, exactly. All the six-man-of-the-year awards, all that stuff just makes He's great. Media loves him. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that they they need to make some moves at the trade deadline to show up their bench. Because their starting five is is one of the best in the NBA. Talent-wise, coach-wise, they have a great coach. But they just need to make a couple more moves, and that's that's they don't need to win the championship this year. They've got a lot, all these guys under contract for a couple more years. They're going to develop. This could be a team that I could see challenging the Rockets as like the second best team in the league in the coming years. And you know, this is speaking on what you were saying earlier. This is one of those teams where I don't agree with the whole mindset of just blowing it up if you're not going to get the title because you know your best players are so young. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, definitely. I mean, they they have the the, the cornerstone pieces there. Um, I think. Off Michael's point, I think they just need to go up, go on the trade deadline and shore up their bench. Yeah. Um, and they'll be well positioned to challenge some teams in the Western Conference in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, they've only got three guys over the age of 30. Um, Jeff Teague is 29, but then you've got Butler, 28 years old. Muhammad is 25. Anthony Towns and Wiggins are both 22 years old. So, you know, I'm not, you know, 
I don't think that that's one of those situations where, you know, if you're not winning the title, you blow it up. You know, I think this is one of the teams that, you know, in the next few years we could really be seeing making a presence, you know, in the Western Conference. Yeah, they've got all the, they got all the hard parts, yeah. you know, like the real, the cornerstone player, yeah. like your 3 and D guys, you know, that you need to win titles. You know, they got to add a little shooting. They got to add, they, they, now they just got to add the small I'm not, I'm also not, com- I'm also not confident Jeff Teague is the starting point guard. I think, yeah. I think they could have gotten a better point guard. I think Jeff Teague's good enough. Um, yeah, but I think there was better options. Got maybe a filler for the next season. Exactly. exactly, he's not necessarily he's not the guy who's going to be running your offense. You know yeah. what I mean? You're going to run it through Carl Anthony Towns. You're going to run it through Jimmy Butler. But I, I I like the way they're developing. They're starting to hit their stride. And I think they will be very dangerous in the playoffs because when you have all that talent, you know anything can happen. Yeah, definitely. So we are out of time, so we won't be able to hit the trade candidates for today. Um, but we'll we'll talk about it next week. We'll go through some trade candidates. Um, maybe Michael will be back on. Maybe. Maybe. Like we'll. we'll t- <laughs> um, so. That will do it for this week's episode. Thank you, Michael, for coming on. Yeah, Blake, for me, guys. Blake, any last words? Go Knicks. Trust the process. Michael, any last words? Let's go Wizards. Go Wizards. Okay. All right. Thanks for uh, listening. And don't forget to go follow Pure Sports Network on Twitter. Uh, check out the website. we got some good content up there. Uh, and thank you.